Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm going to be honest with you right here, okay? I'm, I, I, this might surprise you. It might even shock you, and I'm sorry for that. I do not mean to cause you any discomfort, but I'm not really excited today. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. I am enthusiastic, and I'm, 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 I'm feeling, you know, I have some kind of thing that's, that's close to excitement, you know, but the truth is that, you know, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I didn't sleep very long last night, it's been a really busy day, I haven't had enough time to eat everything that I should eat, and, and emotionally, I'm not really as excited as I normally am. And so why am I telling you that here, right? Is it to bum you out? Of course, it's not to bum you out. I would never do that. <laughs> never, ever, ever. And it's not to bum myself out either, right? It's not about that. It's about being honest. And it's about accepting the reality of what's happening right here, right now, right? And it's, does that mean that I'm not going to record the podcast? Obviously, no. Does that mean that I shouldn't record the podcast? Absolutely not. But does it mean that I should fake it somehow? No, it doesn't mean that either. I think what it means is that is that you know there are times where we're just not what we expect to be. And there are times where we're not going to, you know, things are not going to to live up to whatever expectations that we had. And that right there is a key aspect to the work that we talk about here, right? Because if we if we only, you know, if we, if we if we only appreciate things that live up to our expectations, or if we only allow for those things that live up to our expectations to be the good things, right? That we judge as good. Like this is a good podcast because it I felt good doing it. You remember I talked about that the other day with a, a story about Jerry Garcia, right? Where he came off stage one night and he felt like it was a terrible show because of how he felt. But then he listened to the tape of the show the next day or something and he realized that it was wonderful. Crackling with energy was the words he used, even though his energy felt very low. And so who am I to, to allow my own expectations to get in the way of my of life in general, right? My life, your life, everyone's life, right? And that's what we mean when we say acceptance, right? That accepting exactly what's happening as it's happening, no matter how that that feels to us. Because again, as I started to say a minute ago, if we only allow for for our expect if we only follow through if we only engage in those things that meet with our expectations and and we judge everything else besides those as being bad or failure or or not good in some way well then what we're going to do is we're going to live a very frustrated life and we're going to we're not going to feel that much happiness right but but remember yesterday we talked about how happiness is really about you know yes it's about the positive emotions versus the negative emotions not good and bad but positive negative you know that is that is a key part of it right but but the other part is the you know in in a more life scale it's it maybe you know i think it it still applies on a on a minute scale of of moment to moment right but but we talked about yesterday how how it's about you know happiness is determined by the ability that you have to to feel that you are on pace with the goals that you you have right and and that your life has some se- sense of meaning to it right so so what that means right that you know those goals are also, that's another word for expectation, right? Like I expect to be in this place at this time, right? By the time I'm 
40 years old, I expect to have these many kids and this job and that thing and all that, right? And so as we go on, right, when we're 38 years old and we realize we don't have even one kid and we're supposed to have four kids by the time we're 40, well, then we know that that's not going to work, right? So now happiness comes from the ability to readjust those goals, readjust those expectations. And in doing so, it doesn't mean that we're settling for less, right? It means that we're readjusting our expectations. And when we do that, and we readjust our expectations to something that is much more attainable, well, now we can feel happy. Right, Because if we don't do that, and we realize, here I am, 38 years old, I'm supposed to have four kids in two years, which is physically impossible, right? unless I, I start you know, some sort of polygamy kind of thing, right? it's impossible. And if you're a woman, obviously, it's not even possible at all, right? But, but the point is, though, that, that if I'm sitting here at 38 years old, and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have four, four kids by the time I'm 40, therefore, it's all screwed up, right? Well, what you've done now is you've, you've sabotaged your own happiness, right? And so the same principle exists on a moment-to-moment basis. I know I was questioning that a little bit as I'm thinking it through, though. It's very valid, right? So I have this, you know, I had this expectation that I was going to record this podcast before my last meeting, right? Which would have been about an hour and a half ago, right? And I wanted to, and I was all set up to do it, but you know what? Something came up and it was impossible for me to do that right? So I could have done one of two things, right? I could have blown up and, and thrown a hissy fit and, and, and gotten very upset, maybe even said, you know, I'm not going to do the podcast today. Too bad. It's not going to happen. Or, or, you know, or I could have tried to force my way through it and, and done a really, you know, um, less than, uh, you know, like, like a podcast that was not as impactful as, as I'm hoping it to be, right? Or I could just accept what happened, and realize that I can't do the podcast right now. I can address those things that, that got in the way, and I can do that with, with firmness and, and assertion, but without anger, right? And if I do that, because if I engage in, the, in the, the, the clinging and the aversion that has to do with, with not being able to record that podcast, right? If I'm aversive towards that fact that I didn't get to do the podcast when I wanted to do it, darn it, and I let that anger come in, well, then what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm creating much more suffering and I'm creating much more, many more problems and many more complications. And so, <laughs> and so therefore, I am sabotaging, again, I'm sabotaging my own happiness in that moment. And so if I want to continue to be happy, I can continue to be happy and still not have my expectations met. That's okay right as long as i'm open to reevaluating my expectations and my my goals on a moment to moment basis now some ways you can say you know just don't have any expectations and just you know just be present and be open to whatever arises in the moment which technically that's what this turns into right because if your expectations are so malleable and so you know so willing to be changed well then they're not really expectations they're just sort of ideas of expectations right so so you can look at it one way or the other if you're the kind of person who's a black and white kind of thing and you say just don't have any expectations if that works for you then look at it that way but maybe it's more helpful to look at it in terms of you know the more flexible i can be with my uh with my expectations the more available my happiness will be either way you want to look at it that's the truth 
right? And so, you know, a lot, one of the things that we talk about a lot here in this podcast and, and what was on the, on the ticket for today um, is, is how much these things are habitual, right? That, that, you know, that this idea of, you know, the expectations themselves, right? They become very habitual, right? Or, or not, not the expectations become habitual, but how much we attach ourselves to those expectations, right? That becomes a habit. The more we do it, the more we engage in that, the more habitual it becomes and the harder it becomes to not do that thing, right? And that's why what we talk about here is creating new habits, right? Which is, you know, the, you know which, which requires a simple process of practice, right? Of repetitive, um, you know, repetitive engagement in a process, right? That's all it is, right? So if every day you remind yourself, you know, be flexible with your expectations, release your expectations, right? Like that's what they say to alcoholics, right? Let go of the outcome, right? You know, let go of the expectations, and if you tell yourself that every single day, well, over the course of a few weeks, it starts to become something your body knows how to do better than your mind does. Because the problem, as we talk about a lot here, is that when push comes to shove, right, when, when, the, when the stuff hits the fan, right, and, and, and the, the child is screaming or the wife is screaming or the husband's screaming or, you know, whatever's happening in your life, the traffic jam, the, the bad cup of coffee that you got at, at Starbucks, you know, you know, when those things happen, we're always going to revert back into our habits. We're always going to revert back into our pattern-based behaviors, Right. Because in those moments when things are blowing up inside our mind and around us in our lives and we're feeling that stress response. Right. The only way that we're going to get through that is to go back to the automatic behavior. And that's and that's a physical mechanism of your brain is making that happen. And you're not going to change that. Right. There's no changing that. The only thing you can change is how much you'll allow that stress to happen because that is within your control. And again, that becomes habitual too, right? Like that, that stress response becomes habitual. In fact, almost everything that you go through is habitual. In fact, one of the things that was in my notes this morning to, to talk about today in this uh, podcast is the fact that even your body type is a form of habit. And I'm going to explain that here. And this is really interesting. Um, I told you, um, I think, in <clears throat> yesterday or the day before his uh, podcast, you know, uh, about a year, year and a half ago, you know, I was driving Lyft at night to, to try to, you know, pay my bills while I committed myself to this coaching business, right? Which, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to build it up. You know, it's, it, you don't just start paying your rent just because you want to, right? And so, and so I had to do this right now again. Even at that point, right, that's something that I could have just given up on it. I could have said, I just can't do it. Or I could have, you know, or as I did, I just accepted the fact that, you know what, <laughs> this next year or so is going to be very uncomfortable for me, right? But is, the, the, is helping other people worth that discomfort to me? And the answer was unequivocally yes, and, and very simple for me to answer that question with a yes, right? And so, and so I per persevered. Right. But anyway, that wasn't the point of my lift story. The point of my lift story is one day I picked up these guys um, who were like, you know, going out to dinner or something like that. Right. 
And of course, one of the things that happens in Lyft is you're hearing all these conversations of people and it's kind of, it gets a little crazy sometimes, a little creepy. Uh, you know, sometimes it's very fun and you get into the conversations with people, but sometimes you, you, you know, you get an insight onto what people are talking about in a very interesting way. And it's really fascinating. But anyway, these two guys were talking, they're in their thirties, I would say, mid thirties, something like that, a little younger than me just a little. <laughs> and um, and they're, uh, they're talking uh, on their way out to dinner. They're talking about, or, or just after dinner, something like that. They're talking about this other friend that they have, right? And, and this other friend that they have was at one point very overweight, right? Like, you know, over a hundred pounds overweight kind of thing, like a big deal, right? And this person lost all that weight, right? And so the, the, one, of the person, one of the people in the back seat of my car that night said something really interesting. He said about this friend of his who had lost all this weight at one point in his life, you know, sounded like it'd been like a couple of years ago. I didn't really get that detail. And that's the one thing, like, you can't just butt into people's conversations and, you know, say like, hey, can I get the details? (laughs) Let me write this down. You know, that's a little weird, right? So so I take what I can get, right? Um, But it sounded like it had happened a couple of years ago, right? And and the thing that one of the guys said was really, would really hit home for me is that he talked about this person who had lost all this weight, right? And said that now this person, I don't remember exactly the words that he used. I wish I could because it was really just, it was spot on, right? But what he said was something to the effect of, yeah, Joe, you know, can, you know, he can just, you know, go, you know, kind of, you know, go a little crazy with food for like a weekend and he'll put on like 30 pounds, it's intense. Like, I can't understand it, the guy said. Like, it's amazing how fast this guy can put on weight, unlike you and me. Because even that, right, even your metabolism, even your, you know, the way that your body processes food, that is part of your habitual, automatic, pattern-based behavior. And it's amazing. And the reason why this, this, this rang so true with me is because I also, many years ago, seven years ago now, I lost 100 pounds, a little more than 100 pounds, in fact. And if I'm very, very careful, I keep the weight off. But if I let go even a little bit, that weight comes back on so much faster for me than it would for anyone else. Right. If you had somebody, so I, I, when I lost my weight, I got to my prime weight of about 168 pounds down from 275. Right. As a guy who's just under six feet tall, you can do the math. Right. It's not good. Right. So 168 is the appropriate weight. I mean, there's a range, but that's, you know, kind of in the middle. You know, I think up until like 185, I'm good. I'm considered normal, you know. Um, but, but I was 168 when I got to my lowest point. Right. Now, if I took somebody else who was also 168 pounds, but had always been 168 pounds, right? Like they didn't lose 100 pounds to get to 168. They were just, that was their natural weight. Well, if that person and I went out and and ate pizza one night, (laughs) right? The next morning I would weigh myself and I'd probably have five pounds on my body. And that person would probably have one pound. Right. And so if you took like a week and I ate really, you know, we both ate the same kind of overindulgence for a week, he'd put on a couple pounds, maybe three or four pounds, no big deal. He can lose that very easily. I would put on like 10 or 15 pounds. Seriously. And I've seen that happen to me. And it's and it's always baffled me. And and so hearing that, 
and knowing what I know about how the body works, it helps me to understand like, oh, wow, okay, so it's just the way it is right? It doesn't mean that I did something wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean that, you know, I need to identify with this in any way, right? It's just the way my body is, right? And so, and and again, so what does that mean, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, it's substantially, it, it just means that I'm aware of it, right? And it means that if if I want to maintain the, the weight that I want to maintain, then I have to be that much more vigilant. And that's just the way it is for me, right? It's not the way for you. It's not the way for that person or that person or that person. It's that way for me, right? And But when I can accept that, now it becomes something that is, you know, relatively, you know, simple and, and easy to process, you know, it becomes something that's not, you know, I don't have to like dig through all this emotional stuff to get to the solution, right? It's just who I am. And that's the point of non-judging awareness, right? When we can bring non-judging awareness to these tendencies of ourselves, to these habits of ourselves, to these, you know, sort of patterns that we live with, right? Then then I know that, no, I can't eat that big yummy looking thing that you're eating, right? I can't do it because because my body, you know, the, the weight that I'm trying to keep is more important to me, right? Because I'm 52 years old now and it's no joke. If I put on a lot of weight, my blood pressure goes up. You know, at this, t- at this point in my life, you know, high blood pressure is very dangerous. You know, you could get hardened arteries and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm making a value-based decision, right? A conscious value-based decision. Right. But but now we're we're just talking about something simple about eating and diets and stuff like that. Right. And that's a very simple thing. Right. Like I can only eat this many calories or else I'm going to put on weight unless I'm able to really work out, which in time of Corona, I'm not able to. You know, I've got two kids here all day. I've got to you know, I can't go out on a two hour bike ride the way I used to be able to. Right. And so so I have to adjust. Right. And so that's a very simple thing. But what happens when we talk about the emotions? Well, I'm telling you right now, it's the same thing, right? So the emotion of anger is a habit for me, right? And in the same way that I can eat, you know, the same thing that you can, and I'm going to put on weight more quickly and more um, dramatically than you are, in that same way, my anger is always where I'm likely to go back to. Right. Like so if, if if the same thing happens to you and me, right, we both experience the same thing, I am much more likely to become angry in response to that thing than you might be. Right? And so what does that mean, right? Like, again, it comes back to the same exact principle. If I can bring non-judging awareness to the to the reality that that I am likely to get angry, right? Well, now I can work with that right? I can, you know, in this awareness, I can sense, okay, here's anger coming, or or I can, I can c- cognitively sense, like, okay, this situation, right, this person's doing this thing to me, it's likely going to make me angry. So now, with that information, the same way I can make decisions about my food, with that information, I can make decisions that allow me to avoid that anger response, Right now, maybe anger is not the thing that you have become habitually, uh, you know, your emotion that's become a habit. Maybe for you, it's more of a guilt thing or a shame thing or a fear thing or a, uh, you know, a jealousy thing. Right. 
for all of us, it's going to be different. Right? I mean, maybe it is anger for you, right? And, and that's okay, right? But whatever it is, it's the same concept, right? Because the more awareness we develop of, of how we respond to things, the more control we gain over that thing right? And again, that's when it becomes, when we talk about emotional intelligence, which is exactly what we're talking about here, right? You know, emotional intelligence is, you know, you can look at it as, you know, learning to ride a horse facing forward and being in control of the horse versus riding the horse facing backwards and just being along for the ride of your emotions, right? And so, and so that is the, the, the key to all of this is awareness, right, is awareness of, of, of not only when you're feeling the emotions, but also awareness of those triggers that you are likely to, to succumb to, right? And then you can make conscious decisions to avoid some of those triggers when you need to, to allow the triggers to come in sometimes and, and, and try to regulate the anger. But again, it's all about seeing it. But the one thing that I like to tell everybody, and I've told you all this here before, is that, you know, when you're in that point of, of, of shaking rage, right, and in, in anger, you know, when you're in that point of shaking rage, nobody is regulating that, right? That's impossible. You literally cannot regulate that. There's no technique that you can just come down from that very quickly. It's going to take a good 20 minutes of, of you know, of, of really working on it, right? And that's why a lot of people find themselves in an angry place or a, or a shameful place or a jealous place or whatever for days and days and days and days, right? Because it's really hard to regulate once it gets to that point. So the answer then is to recognize it when it's something much smaller, right? When, when we, can, we can see it, when it's this little itty bitty thing, then it becomes like, again, swatting it away like a mosquito, right? Like it's, it's very, very simple to, to, uh, to, to, to regulate something that's very small, where it's impossible to regulate something that's very big. So the, 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 the trick, the whole point is at that, you know, what we're talking about here, right? The whole point is about awareness, right? The whole key to this, to this is about awareness because the more awareness I have of how my body processes food, of how my body processes the, the emotion of anger, of what causes my anger, of, of, of how, you know, my sleep, you know, what, what my body feels like when I get enough sleep and versus I don't how my body reacts to caffeine or to alcohol or to cigarettes or whatever it is, right? The more information I have about that, the more I am able to then adjust my expectations and maintain my happiness. Because when I'm happy, I'm in homeostasis, right? I can't be happy and be in a stress response at the same time. It simply doesn't work like that, right? So, so therefore, I know that if I keep myself out of stress, then I'm automatically basically happy. And, and I can cultivate that happiness on a higher and higher level, but I can only do that if I am not embroiled in the emotional reactivity that leads to the stress response in my body. Whew. So now I'm excited. <laughs> now I'm excited again. You see, I just have to get started and I feel great. 
You know, if you had asked me a half hour ago or, you know, 24 minutes ago, I would have said, this this podcast is going to be hard. I don't really feel it today. I don't really even want to do it kind of, you know, but now I feel like I could talk another half hour. Uh, you know, too bad, but I have a client appointment, so I can spend another half hour talking right now. So I'm going to have to go get a little bite to eat before I really pass out. And I've got to meet with one of my amazing clients this afternoon who is doing so amazing. Like, you know, I say she's amazing and she is, but she's also doing amazing things because the, the growth and the changes that I've seen, this gets me very excited, no matter how I'm feeling. And I know that. And so that's why even when I'm feeling really bad, the last thing I'm going to do is cancel the podcast podcast or cancel a client meeting because I know that these things are going to enrich me. So I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to do some of the practices that I talk about here so that you can develop this sense of awareness inside yourself, right? Or awareness of yourself, because that is the key to all of it. The, the awareness and the, the, you know, uh, you know, sort of transcending the, the judgment, Right which is why we call it non-judging awareness. And I like to call it curious awareness, right? Because if I'm curious about it, I'm not judging things. All right, folks. Well, reminder again, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time, uh, which is 11 a.m. Uh, East Coast and 8 a.m. West Coast, uh, and also 10 o'clock in the central zone, <laughs> we're doing a uh, our Saturday sit, okay? It's a guided meditation followed by about a 20-minute or so talk followed by a 20-minute or so question and answer or, or discussion time. And you are cordially invited. It costs you nothing. You just have to show up. But in order to get the link, you got to register today. Okay, I don't think you can, you might be able to register just before the thing tomorrow and still get the link, but you can't just like pop on and hit the link. You got to register first, okay, because that's the way it works. Now, if you don't want to register and you just want the link, then email me. I'll just send you the Zoom link. I'm not, it's not about, you know, capturing your email address or anything like that. It's just the way the, the system works, you know. Um, so I'm going to post the link to register in the comment, and it's better if you register because then you're going to get reminders and you're going to get reminders of the other programs that we're putting out, which is when. Wednesday night too. Uh, we're, we're also planning on a third one every week and we've got a lot of different things coming up. We're talking about maybe a five to six week um, uh, beginner mindfulness course. So there's lots of great stuff that's going to come up. So, so registering for this is going to be helpful to you. Okay. So I'm going to put that link in there uh, along with the other links, you know, the link from my, um, uh, my Patreon and all that will be in the, in the, um, in the comments or the description of this, uh, this video and podcast. All right. I wish you all well. If you have any questions or if you uh, want to talk about anything or you want to know about some of the practices on a deeper level, just send me a, you know, oh, I'm going to put that link also that you can book a call with me. Okay. This is great because I've had like three of these calls booked in the last week and I love it. I love it. I love opening my phone or my computer and just seeing like, wow, somebody's here. I got to talk to them tomorrow. This is amazing. So I'm going to put that link in there as well. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I hope you have a great day and I wish you well. Take care.